Hey everyone, this is Anna Brand, and today's podcast we're going to talk briefly about sales. Now, I don't usually talk about sales publicly. I'm not one of those photographers who are going to post my clients' receipts and brag about how much they've spent because I never really felt mm, comfortable doing that. You know, there are times that I go into a place, let's take Nordstrom's for example. Nordstrom's isn't a place that I would go to a lot, but I have a six foot two, actually, he might even be six foot three, 18 year old son and the only pants he can find that have a 29 inch waist and either a 32 or 33 inseam is Nordstrom's. We have been to countless stores. We can't find pants and unfortunately they're like $200 pants but they last a long time and they fit him and we discovered this when he was about 16. So maybe about two or three times a year, we have to go to Nordstrom and I know we're going to spend a lot of money. I have to budget for it, save for it. My son starts coming out of the room saying his pants are too short. He's still growing and we go. Now, if Nordstrom publicly posted how much I spent, like, hey, Anna Brandt and her son were here and look at what they spent. I would be, mm, I would not be very comfortable with that. Um, because we like to keep our life private with our financials and I don't want the assumption that we always spend that kind of money. Plus, I don't think it's really good to say we're spending that kind of money on a teenager. And even though I am living in Orange County, the land of the plenty, and there's a lot of celebrities here and a lot of very wealthy people here, I just don't feel comfortable kind of being in that spotlight. Now, granted, they may not put my name, maybe they just put a receipt, but it still wouldn't make me feel very comfortable. Nordstrom's is a well-known brand. Obviously, they have enough sales to prove the products that they sell because they're not shutting down anytime soon. And even with the rise of Nordstrom Rack, Nordstrom is still doing very well. So with that being said, if you're the kind of studio that has let's say products like Nordstrom and a clientele that has a range, I mean I shop at Nordstrom and I know very, very, very wealthy celebrities shop at Nordstrom. So they definitely have a wide range of clientele. So let's say you're a studio that has a wide range of clientele. I'm definitely a studio that has a wide range of clientele. I have, you know, everything from, you know, the teacher to the celebrity. And we all know teachers don't get paid nearly enough. And of course, in between doctors, lawyers, accountants, all that, I have a wide range, single moms, single dads, gay dads, gay moms. I mean, I've got a very wide range of clientele. And so I want them to feel comfortable with my service and my products and my prices. And clearly I'm doing well enough to sustain a business that's going in its 19th year. So with that being said, if you're someone that likes to brag about your clients spending and purchases, that's fine. I'm not judging you at all. I'm just saying for me, I don't usually talk about sales publicly. I do teach online at bellybabyschool.com and in my private workshops, we will talk about pricing and sales and obviously with mentoring. But it's not something I do publicly because I just am not comfortable with it. So I'm gonna talk to you from sales kind of from a different angle. When I started, it was film, okay? So you had to have printed proofs. You had to sit down with the client. There was no such thing as online ordering that didn't exist. I didn't just drop off the proofs at the door, even though I do know photographers that did that, um, and leave and say, I'll come back. No, it was, 
the minute the photo shoot was done, I was like, listen, give me a week or so, get the proofs, let's sit down and go over them. Now, I didn't have a studio. I worked out of, and actually, my first place that I worked out of was our 15, 1,600-square-foot condo in Huntington Beach when we moved from New York. So I didn't have anywhere to go. So it was like, well, either come to my home or come to your home. You know, then a year later, we bought a home, but I still didn't have a studio. And, you know, I do say all the time that my very first uh, appointment where I sold frames for the first time out of a catalog, by the way, kind of like the days of Avon. If you're old enough to know about Avon, I'll tell you about that. At my kitchen table with a catalog. And I remember the sale was $700. And I was trying to contain myself. And I was nervous because I felt like, oh my gosh, I have to deliver this. And it's $700. And it was a lot of money. And that child is now 15. I know because he's in my daughter's class. And it's so funny. I just, I think about it all the time. So that was 15 years ago. And he's turning 16. So the when when we were done with the session, as I said, we had to sit down. We had to. And, you know, there's a vulnerability to that. You've You've got to sit with your with your client and they got to go, yeah, I love this. I don't love that. And you've got to take it. You've got to take the criticism and you have really only one choice, which is to learn from that criticism. That's that's the only choice you have. You can't take it personally. You, you, you can cry later when they leave, but there's so many shoes. I would just sit there and be like, oh, that, that I should have done that. I should have done that. Or I, I would apologize. And these are the days where I would reshoot. If you're just starting out and you're in that reshooting phase, don't be sad about it. Every photographer has done it in the early years. You reshoot for free. You have three, four, five hour photo shoots. Everyone goes through it, and if they don't, then they were just amazing. I went through it, and, you know, it was hard. You had to sit and take the criticism, but then you'd also take the praise when they'd say, oh, you really got the shot. I love it. You know, this is my child. This is everything, and and sometimes it's one shot, and I remember my professor in school used to say, out of a roll of 36 film, if you could get one shot, one that you think is good or that your client think it's good, thinks it's good. You may be a good photographer. Maybe. He didn't say you were. You may be. One out of 36. Gosh, he told me that like 20 years ago and I still remember it. And so even to this day in a photo shoot, I don't go in and going, I need 40 amazing ones. I mean, I shoot a lot and I'm hoping for great photos. I really am. But if I get one that says, oh, that's that's my work, that's that's that makes me feel good. That's that's who I am. Then great. You know, then it's going to be a good day. And so, you know, we had to sit with the client. We had to just do it, write it out, deliver it. They were either going to pick it up or we were going to knock on the door, which came along with gifting and packaging and presentation and and all that fun stuff. And then along the way came digital. And it took a, gosh, it took a couple of years to really transition between film and digital. My clients were so used to sitting down with proofs that when I went digital, I still had to print proofs because they, they were just expecting it. And that took a long time to wean them from it and get them used to the computer. And so, you know, now in this generation, my challenge is I have clients that drive very far 
two hours, seven hours, they fly in, I fly to them, I teach, I travel. I can't not do some online ordering, but my rule is I only do it for digital packages. That's it. If if you're doing session only, because I have two types of pricing structures, session only where you pay me for the time and talent and then buy your pictures or packages afterwards or digital collections, that includes the session fee, which means you've prepaid, let's say whatever it is, I think the minimum is 975 or 1,000. So you've prepaid that. And that's based on product and a certain number of images. Then if you're far and it's just too far to come back, then we'll do it online. I don't like doing it because I like when they come in. They can see it on my screen. I know what the color looks like. I know, what the, I know it's calibrated right. I can explain to them, yes, I'm going to take my feet out because we do soft proofing. And yes, the wrinkles are going to come out. But if it's a head swap, that's kind of extra. That's going to be an extra charge. I will clean up things that I need to clean up. My assistants, you know, wrinkles, your baby's acne, no problem. But now we start talking in a head swap and color changes. There's going to be some extra fees. But it's so important for me to sit down and talk to them about it. It's part of sales and service. So I don't look at sales and, hey, you've got to make a lot of money now. And this is how you can make this. I've been a well over six-figure photographer since I have Olivia, who's turning 16. And I'm climbing up, climbing up, climbing up. And I have, you know, financial records that I want to break and, you know, hills and plateaus and things that I want to go because because I want to get bigger studios and obviously there's things I want to do because I'm running a business. And so when I come to you from a sales perspective, people say, I need help with sales. I need help with sales. My response is, are you running a business? Because if it's a hobby and you just need to pay for your hobby, that's a completely different story. Then you need to make sure your pricing structure covers your cost of goods and you have little money left over to put, you know, gas in the tank or, you know, how did your, you know, how to get to the photo shoot, childcare, whatever. When you're running a business and you have a commercial space or you're renting a space in your home or you have assistance, you have legality, you have insurance, you have taxes, you have all these obligations, you know, to being a business and running it in your city, your town, your country, wherever, you have to charge an amount that's going to cover all of that or you'll just be in the red and you'll just go broke and you won't be running a business the way you're supposed to be doing it. I don't care if you're selling shoes and widgets or photography. Sales is sales. At the end of the day, you've got to make enough money to sustain your business and hopefully have a profit left over so that you can continue to grow your business. It's just that simple. You can pull up any sales book, look at the algorithms, look at the basics, and they will tell you to make sure you have to cover your cost and expenses and your living and all of that. And you have to know what those costs are so you know what to sell. I mean, just a simple Shark Tank episode. They always want to know, what are your profit margins? And when that number is less than 50%, the sharks are like, oh my gosh, that's just terrible. You know, and they're stressing out or God forbid, it's like 30%. The sharks will eat you alive. You say 60, 70%, they will sit up in their chair and be like, okay, let's talk. Because they're about making money. Why? Because that means you have profitability and sustainability. That means you can sustain your business and you can grow. You don't want to be the person that's constantly trying to make ends meet. And if you're that person, 2019 is coming. You've got to raise your pricing and you're going to lose clients along the way. Every single time I've raised my pricing, I've lost clients along the way. I get that. People may say, Anna, you're too overpriced. I just can't afford you. And I'm sorry. I get it. I completely get it. I'm not for every client. I'm not. 
And am I expensive? I'm not cheap and I don't think I'm really expensive either. I, I don't know, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I try to make sure that my pricing is reasonable but 2019 is coming and I'm sure my prices are going to change as labs change and costs change and my employees want raises and taxes change and you go into bigger tax brackets. That's the only way. Otherwise, I'm just going to curl up and die and not be able to make a living. But along with that has to come better service, has to come better products. You have to deliver. You've got to be better and be better. So I'm not someone that just says, oh, I'm going to raise my prices. If I do that, that means I have to raise my service level in all different areas. And so with sales my approach is what is it that you want I mean what do you want is is your partner or someone in your life telling you you're not making any money and you're not really good and you should just hang up your camera and you're believing them because you're barely breaking even that's that's no no you can't you have to look in the mirror and say this is what i want to do and if you don't have a support around you i'm so sorry you need to go find support find a mentor find a group find someone that will lift you up and give you the support that you need because sometimes our loved ones are our biggest critics and they do it out of love they do it because they want to protect you and maybe it's insecurity and maybe maybe it's a whole other slew of issues that i can't go in on this podcast but let's just go from a positive angle and say it's about love, right? I know that the people in my life, when they're hardest on me, it's because they love me and they're worried about me and they want for my best interest. And sometimes I have to ignore them and press on. And sometimes I have to listen to them. So, you know, you you can't do this alone. You need a team, whether you need to get an accountant or like I said, a mentor or someone that can sit you down and you get out a piece of paper and a notebook. It's as simple as this and you write down the cost of doing a photo shoot. Do you have childcare? Do you have gas? How much does it cost to get out of bed in the morning? But most importantly, how much do you want to make an hour? Because here's what's going to happen. If I were to hire you as a photographer, the first thing you're going to want to know is, how, what are you getting paid, right? What are you getting paid and what does the job entail? So I'm going to say, well, what do you want to make? What do you need to make? Give me a number that you absolutely have to make because I need to know and then I can tell you if I can afford you or not. Or maybe I already have a set number for this particular job. That's any job. You go to McDonald's. Why well, do I don't know why people always bring McDonald's in when we're talking about sales, but I guess because they're so successful and they've been around with a dollar burger. But you're, you know how much you're getting paid. Yet somehow when we become a professional photographer, that goes out the window. We've completely forgotten how much we're going to get paid. We've completely forgotten about our own salary. We're just going to come up with this random number or we're going to find the five photographers around us that are similar to us and either just make it the same price as them or lower or higher. And we're going to base our pricing on someone else, which is completely the wrong way to do it. Because unless you've got the exact same expenses and the exact same cost of living and the exact same balance sheet as they, you simply cannot just copy someone else's pricing and go for it. You cannot. You cannot. So are you getting paid? Are you paying yourself? What does it cost you to pick up that camera and do a photo shoot from start to finish? From the, the session, from the delivery, from the contact, from the email, from the retouching, the processing, write it down on a piece of paper. And if you don't know, you've got to find out. You've got to find out. And there's a million resources out there. And then you come up with this number. Let's say it's $100. Well, many business owners would say, you charge 200 and there's your 
And you say, well, no one's, no one's going to pay that. Nobody's going to pay that. There's a lot of people around and they're only, they're only doing it for a hundred. So I should just do it for a hundred or do it for 150 because there's no way I'm going to pay that. Well, we all know that the longer you tell yourself you can't do something, the longer it comes true. Those self-fulfilling prophecies are just amazing. They actually work. You tell yourself you're crap. You tell yourself you're not going to make any money. You tell yourself people aren't going to buy it. And guess what happens? That's exactly what happens. So here's the challenge. You've got to know your cost of doing business. You have to know the market that you live in, that you, you know, what, what the market is going to bear. I mean, we know that, you know, you've got to do your research. So let's kind of get back to sales because I think we got off of that a little bit. Let's go back to sales. So sales it's kind of like when I say marketing and I simplify marketing is who you are. Sales is making money doing what you do. I mean, isn't that what it is? It's profit. It's sustainability. It's freedom. It's independence. It's so many different things. I'm trying to sum it down into like one sentence. And I, I think it's kind of hard to do it. But so many people don't want to sell because they're not salesy. And I don't consider myself salesy at all. I'm not going to do a sales pitch. I'm not going to be that, hey, you can buy five prints and get one free. Hey, you can get this 16 by 20 and, and we'll give you a free set of proofs or whatever. No, that's not going to be me. Did you like that sales voice there? No, that's not me. Me is, hey, we need to sit down and go over these photos because I need to explain to you what soft proofing is, where we don't fully edit the images until you purchase them. I need to tell you what we can do and what we can't do because how will you know unless I tell you, I want to make sure the color's right. I want to make sure the size is right. And I want you to be happy. I'm not just going to do all this retouching that you don't want to do. So I want to talk about it. It's a method of communication with the customer to complete the service process. So it's not necessarily sales. It's the completion of the service process. It's a cycle. And it's just the end of the cycle. Actually, it's not even the end of the cycle because the end of the cycle would be delivery and follow up and all of that. And so if you take away the quote unquote sales, and I'm holding up my fingers, so in quote unquote, and start thinking about it's just another step in your service and delivery process, it might take some of that fear away. Because fear is they're not going to buy anything. They're not going to, um, they're just going to walk away. They're not going to like their images and I'm not going to have dinner tonight, right? Fear is so many things. I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. I'm not going to be able to make my employees. I'm not going to be able to get my kids Christmas gifts. That's all fear-based. Instead, you want to say, gosh, that was such a great session. I need to let that client know the minute that session is done. Hey, you can see these images in a week. Let's sit down. Let's go over them. Or if you're too far away, let's have a call. Let's email. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out how we can go over the images and make sure you get the best images and make sure you get exactly what you came here for. You know, and what did you come here for? Was it albums or prints or, you know, ask your client when, when you're booking them, what is it that you're looking for? I wanna make sure that I do the right thing. I wanna make sure if you're, you know, wanting a picture of the fireplace, is it landscape and I'm shooting in a horizontal mode and not vertical, simple things like that. Mistakes I made really early on or I'd be vertical the whole time and then they'd go, gosh, I really wanted this over the fireplace and I was like oh and this was during film like that's that's kind of a problem let's see if I can kind of crop in the darkroom and make it work do you mind that your legs are cut off you know and so now with digital I'm a big landscape shooter huge oh my gosh huge for that reason alone because I've it's been burned 
so many times on that. Oh, I want it square and I'm vertical. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do you need your legs? So you need to have communication with your client from the beginning and throughout. And let me tell you, I've said a million times, I'm not an extrovert, guys. I'm way more of an introvert. I would rather hide under a rock most days, but I love what I do. I love my clients. I I feel privileged every single day that I've got one of the best jobs in the world and I need my clients to be happy, which means I need to talk to them. And sometimes it's painful and I got to say, this is going to cost a little bit more and sometimes it's uncomfortable or sometimes I feel like they're going over their budget and then other times it's super easy and the bill is really high and they're like, that's it. Wow, that was awesome. Thank you for the experience. Thank you for this. And I'm like, oh, thank God. And you relax. It's not easy for anybody, but nothing good comes easy. And so I want you to look at sales, not sales, quote unquote, and the sales, you know, the salesy person that we are and how much money you made to make and how you can brag to your friends. I want you to look at it from a perspective to say, you are providing a service. This is a luxury business, by the way. People don't need it. If they need something, they need dinner. I mean, yes, we want photos, and I could say that we need photos as part of our visual history and legacy. I mean, yes, but at the end of the day, if it's between photos and dinner, dinner should kind of win, unless you have a taco. And so you have to look at it and say, I want you to tell yourself in 2019, look in the mirror, alone, maybe even naked, I don't care and say, what do you want? What do you want? Look in the mirror, what do you want, Anna Brandt? What do you want? Well, I wanna be a million dollar business next year. That's what I want. Okay, how are you gonna get there? Okay, let me, I gotta leave the bathroom, put some clothes on and write that down. Maybe you look in the mirror and you say, okay, Susie Jones, I need to make money to get therapy for my children, to not worry about dinner every night, to not worry about my rent, to not worry that my electric's going to be shut off, and that I can hire an assistant to help me. I can hire a babysitter. I can send my kids to private school. I can send my kids to camp. I can contribute to the family income. Your partner's sick. You help with medical bills. Right? Be honest. When you're in your bathroom naked or in a towel, there's no one else around. Shut the door. If you've got kids at your legs like I had for so many years, then go sit on the toilet and shut the door and bring in an open book. Go somewhere where you have to go. Go to the laundry room. I don't care where you go, but sit down for five minutes and tell yourself in 2019, what do you want? What do you want from a financial perspective and how are you going to get there? And when you think about sales with your client, don't think about it from a way that you're scamming someone or trying to get the most money out of them. Look at it as one more step in your service cycle. It is just one more step before delivery and you need to sit down with your client. And if you can't sit down with your client, you need to find a way to make online ordering work. You need to be firm and not back down. And when someone says that's it, is that a, is there a deal? You say, no, there's no deals. I have specials throughout the year. You'd be happy to sign up for my newsletter and get a special throughout the year. But this isn't a special, this is my price. And there aren't any deals. I can give you incentives and we can talk about that and make it pleasurable, make it fun, make it not so salesy, not so scary and take away the fear. And if you need help, find some resources online, get a book, 
figure it out, write it down. There were so many times in my life I needed help. I needed help with sales. I needed help with service. I needed help with things. And I found the resource to get, to get those help, that help. Many times it was just going to Barnes and Nobles and sitting down. Many times it was just getting, many times it was just getting a notebook and being alone with my thoughts. Sometimes it was bouncing it off my husband. He's a, he's a, a really strong guy when it comes to sales and service. He's worked with some of the biggest companies in the world. And so he takes the emotion out of it. And so from a female, we're all emotional and all of that. And that's really hard for us. But men are a little bit more driven and just a little bit more firm and don't really stress out like we do because they're just focused on the numbers and the bottom line. And, you know, females, we're just a little softer. That's that's who we are. That's what makes us so amazing. And so maybe you need to sit down with a partner, whether if you have a male partner that you can trust and feel comfortable sitting down, you know, you do that. And if not, then you go to someone else and you try to get some help. Because if you can't do it alone, you've got to get help. It's just that simple. And try not to be fear-based. Please don't be fear-based. Instead, say, be entrepreneur-based. Say, I'm strong. I'm building a business. I want sustainability. I want profitability. And I'm going to make it happen. This is Anna Brand, And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And I hope it helps you take the fear out of way. Fear is the unknown. You have no time for fear. So if you don't know something, do your research, figure it out, make it better. And let's make 2019 a profitable, amazing year.